podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Harry Winks right at the last. Deli Alli. Lamella. To Dombele. Hugo Lloris. And he saved it. And the foul. Shishenko. Son on mission to go alone. This is sensational. World class. Absolutely stunning. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well out there. We're back for instant reaction after seeing Tottenham Hotspur lose against Royal Antwerp in the Europa League. Really, really disappointing display. One that I don't think we saw coming. Pleased to have joining me for this therapy session. I've got Chris Cowling back on The Last Word on Spurs. Chris, what the hell happened now? Well, of course, we all thought that we would win this game um, on paper. We thought we would win it. Um, it was a very poor and flat performance. Um, but let's not overreact. It's a game that we've lost 1-0 against a very good, uh, you know, Royal Antwerp side. They haven't lost at home for 14 months. You know, I'm not overreacting. It's in the Europa League. You know, we can still go on. We can still go on to, to win the group or, you know, go through to the next round. So let's not overreact just about losing 1-0 tonight. Also joining Chris, we've got Lee McQueen. Back on this crazy train, Lee, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. Like Chris said, you know, it's it's just really disappointing. You can tell by all of our moods, you know, I'm, you know, crazy train driver on the crazy train, like getting involved, you know, Mr. Optimistic. But that was just really disappointing. And the reason why, the reason why, yeah, and I know we're going to get into it, I'm going to pick out this player and that player, but it was the entire team, the entire substitutes as well. Not one person, in my opinion, just my opinion, got over five tonight on any of them them players. And for me, it was about the attitude, which was, inverted commas, do you know what? It's Royal Antwerp, we'll rock up and we'll win. And then we'll go home. And it was the wrong attitude. And we got punished tonight. And I, and I hope that that uh, gives the lads um, a, a bit of a, uh, not a kick, because we was unbeaten in 10 games. It's the first game we've lost in since the opening game, the game of the season against Everton. And like Chris said, put some perspective on it. But 15 uh, uh, um, uh, shots, uh, and only two on target. It's a poor return. It was it was a poor poor display. Bold accounts. Maybe look, it was a bad day at the office. We put that one to bed and we and we move on to Brighton. But it was poor display nonetheless. It was indeed. And joining the crew we've got here, we've got Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Jay, how are you after the back of that? Obviously a very difficult game to watch. But um, I think as the guys said, it was it did come down to attitude for me. I think that we did kind of you know, take Antwerp lightly. And I think Jose Mourinho won before the game. They are a strong side. Um, of course, Chris pointed out they've got a fantastic record um, at home. And then, of course, I think they're, they're a decent side, the top of the Belgian league. So, um, yeah, it was it was always going to be a tricky game, but I felt as though we took them too lightly tonight. And you've just got hope that they, there's some sort of reaction. Um, and, and they go away and learn from this evening that they can't produce performances like that in the Europa League, even when they're playing um, teams that they kind of perceive they should be beating. So, um, yeah, very disappointing evening for Spurs. Chris, top of the show, you said not a disaster, but a very disappointing result and performance. Antwerp, to be fair to them, to their credit, they were really good. Spurs in general kind of never got going. Does that just show, Chris, that complacency is still a massive issue within this team? And it just got the feeling that Antwerp just wanted it so much more than us. Passing sloppy, pressing non-existent, no urgency. I mean, how would you sum up that game? 
Yeah, absolutely. No urgency whatsoever. Um, you know, a lot of the players walking a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, but you've got to remember that Jose Mourinho made nine changes tonight. You know, it's virtually a different team to what we've seen, you know, in previous weeks. And what is so disappointing, and that's why, you know, there's been a meltdown on Twitter tonight amongst the Tottenham fans, is the fact that we have played some super, super stuff um, so far this season. And when you see such lack of creativity, you know, it almost feels like a game from last season when when we were we were really struggling to score goals. You go back to, you know, Bournemouth away, um, you know, in those last games of last season, you know, we didn't even have a shot on target for the entire match. It, it felt a bit like that. But Mourinho made a lot of changes. He said after the game um, about, you know, why ask me about, um, you know, who's, play, who's playing and who's not playing in certain matches. You know, perhaps you'll realise in future, you know, he's unhappy with some of the, the players tonight. Um, but yeah, the attitude uh, was quite poor, um, but it was very, very slow. Very disappointing to see, um, you know, Gareth Bale not being uh, match fit. He's still not nowhere near match fit. You know, we've, we have struggled um, with a few players this season so far with fitness, which uh, which baffles me. But as I said at the start, you know, I don't think that this is something to worry about. It's a blip. We are going to get blips. You know, I know we want to win every game. We want to perform in every game. But losing this game is not going to ruin our season. You know, we can still go through to the next stages. Lee, coming around to you, first defeat in 11 games. I think it's worth putting that into perspective. And I think like Chris says there, for me, when you're going to make nine changes to a team, there's always going to be, for me, a lack of fluidity, a lack of cohesion. But it was a poor result, poor performance. Hopefully there's a strong reaction against Brighton. But there's certainly a few now who should be fringe players only. What was your view on the back of that game? Mostly um, agree with you all, all of the time, um, but I have to disagree with that. Um, you know, yes, it was nine changes from the weekend, right? But last week, last Thursday, we played Lask in the exact same tournament, and six of the players that uh, that started tonight started last week. So, so from last week, it was only three changes, not nine. So, you know, when 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 you look at when you look at um, when you look at them stats, and and actually some sorry, uh, five changes rather than nine. I mean, and when when you look at um, when you look at them sorts of stats, you know, you still got. Gareth Bale on the pitch. You've got Vinicius on the pitch. You've got Regulan on the pitch. You know, I made a comment last week about Davis, the centre-back, you know, looking much more balanced. And again, you know, and, you know, it's all them players. They were woeful tonight. Absolutely woeful. And again, it wasn't individual um, uh, uh, performances tonight. It was the whole the whole setup, the whole unit. We were so lacklustre. We were so, there was no energy about it, no urgency. Like, like, like Chris just said, like you just said, you know, I just feel that it was an attitude thing it, it, it reminded me more like, you know, the Liverpool performance against Aston Villa when they lost 7-2. They were so, they just got, you know, torn apart by Aston Villa with, with the greatest of respect. You know, they played really well that night, but Liverpool just weren't at it. And we just wasn't at it tonight at all. Um, you know, when that team was picked, when you've got the likes of Regulin in the side, when you've got the likes of Bale starting, Vinicius, Bergwin, you know, come on, guys. We all expect, and listen, this, right, we all expected to do a damn sight better than that. And I just think it was it was complacency. And and and, and therefore, like well, like we just said, you know, just the mentality has got to change. You've got to be up for every single game. Football at this elite level, regardless if it's Europa League or Champions League, you can argue, but it's elite level. And like you said, Rick, they wanted it more than us. And and that today it was about attitude and they wanted it more and that's and they got the victory. Jay, coming around to you, 
Obviously, as we keep emphasising here, it's not a decisive result, but it's a real disappointing end to a real lengthy unbeaten run in all competitions. And maybe again, Jay, this is a game as a great reminder to ones that thought that we're favourites to win this competition. Certainly not with that kind of display, Jay, are we? No, not at all. And look, I hope that we kind of learn from this. Um, I think that it's got to show that you've got to be up for every one of these games. I think we knew going to a place like Antwerp and all these small sort of games, they are, can be very tricky and they, you know, you can quite easily trip up and you've got to go in with the right attitude. So, you know, hopefully we can use it as maybe a blessing in disguise and kind of for the next, the next couple of games, we go out strong in every single game um, and make sure we're putting in perfect performances. But tonight, I think, as we said, it just comes down to the fact that Antwerp wanted it more than us tonight. And um, yeah, I was really, really disappointed with a lot of the individual performances collectively. We were poor. So, um, yeah, very, very disappointing performance from Spurs tonight. I've got to say, I just think Antwerp deserve a lot of credit. I thought they played ever so well and they were very impressive, I thought, at closing us down. And in truth, I think they should have won by more. They had so many opportunities to kill that game off. And again, I kind of make the point that, listen, I think, take note, it's great to have the strength in depth we've got where you can make three to four changes, don't get me wrong. But I think two different teams, personally, I think that really ever works, Lee. I know you mentioned that for you. There's still enough quality on that pitch to get the result. And I totally agree with you, Lee. You say it's down to attitude. And that's what Jose Mourinho seemed to indicate in his post-match press conference. He said, I would like to make 11 changes at halftime. I didn't make five because I was afraid of a long 45 minutes. There is only one man to blame, and that's himself. I chose the players from the start. He goes on to say that tonight, my future choices are going to be very, very easy. It is my responsibility. We got what we deserved. We let them win. I can say that. And he then goes on to say, before matches, you always ask me, this is to the journalists, why are players not playing? Why is this player not playing? Why is that player not being selected? Maybe now for a few weeks, you don't have to ask me that because you have the answer. And I thought that was fascinating by Jose Mourinho. I think that, again, tells you just where he's at at the moment in terms of trusting certain players where, yeah. let's be honest about it, he's given chances to the likes of Deli Alley, Harry Winks to come in, make a difference. They haven't done. We're going to come on to them very, very shortly. But before we do, I'm going to read out some listener questions we've had in. Over 100 questions came into the last word on Spurs over this last hour and a half. So I'm going to read a flavour of what we had in. Skull Ethan says here, what is our team identity? One week we grind out a result, maximum effort and leave everything on the pitch. The next week we look like we haven't been on the pitch together. Zero effort. We lack a cohesive team spirit that can't always be glued together by the Son and Kane magic. Andy Perry says, where are we as a team? We've been soundly beaten by a team made up of championship rejects and all at a level below us. I would say, Andy, this is not a bad side we've been beaten by in terms of Antwerp. I think they're doing ever so well in the Belgian league. I think, like Chris says, they're 14 games unbeaten at home. So I think it's very important to kind of put that into some perspective. Alfonso Fryer says, Tottenham seem to have a hard time breaking teams down who set up in a strong defensive formation. What can they do to break through teams and get goals when teams don't give them the opportunity on the counter-attack? We're going to come on to that point. Man from Jarrett says the same. Why are we so pedestrian against admittedly well-drilled sides? And, you know, we've got to try and eradicate that from our game and sort that out. Moonchild says, wasn't the best performance. For most of the game, we played pretty soulless. But you've got to give Antwerp credit, learn from it, and on to the next game. Rory for Spurs says, shows that we can't take anything for granted. People predicting three or four nil wins. We're using backup players here. This just shows what can happen if the backups don't put the effort in. Hubsy says, why do we always struggle against physical and defensive teams? 
we do not know how to beat that low block. That's an interesting point there, boys. I mean, Lee, let's pick up on that. Do you think we've got a concern about breaking teams down that do operate in a low block? Does Spurs have an issue trying to counteract that? Yeah, um, in short, I, I absolutely agree with some of them comments on there. I, I don't agree that these are backup players. I mean, I'm just going to read them some of the, just to that. The backup players, Regulon played tonight. He started. Bale started tonight. Uh, Serge Aurier started. Um, uh, Le Celso started and Hugo Lloris. So that's hardly a backup players, is it? Let's be honest about it. Um, but you know, I, I do think when you're looking at the when you're looking at how we set up, they set up in a three-five-two, um, and they they had five across the midfield. Um, and it really flooded that midfield out. And our midfield had, you know, Winks as a holding player and Lo Celso being pushed backwards with Deli Alley trying to float around. It was like an inverted Christmas tree, right? So so, so the reality is that I, I think there is a little bit of blame there for, uh, for from, from the coach's perspective because we could have changed that formation. We could have moved it around in game um, and we, we we didn't seem to, to do that too much. Um but yeah, trying to break down the low block. We, I think even through Potticino's era, we've struggled when we play teams that play three at the back. I remember playing, uh, I think West Ham played it two, maybe three seasons ago. Um, and then we struggled. And then I think another team played it, I think Watford. And then we struggled and we couldn't break teams down in that way. Um, one of the other listeners' questions was, how can we break them down? <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, I think it is that, that, that level of creativity. There were some runs tonight, to be honest, from certain players that, that was really frustrating because the, the player that had possession of the ball didn't release it in time. So, you know, it's just little, we talk about five margins, but it's just little things like that, that, you know, that, that cohesiveness that, that you talked about maybe for the nine changes, Chris, this is, you know, maybe we're missing that, but, you know, it, we were very, very pedestrian. And what basically happens, uh, you know, I know you guys can't see me, but listeners can't see me, but what basically happens in when, when we're so slow, everyone just gets behind the ball. That's all, that's all they do. So we're just letting them go back into what is a really compact 3-5-2 in, in their own half. And you can't break that down because you're letting them... What we needed to be able to do is push further up the pitch. There was no pace te technically in, in behind us. Uh, push further up the pitch, you know, maybe 10, 15 yards, and actually get at them really, really quickly. And I don't think we touched the ball in the first minute and a half of the game, which is always a sign to kind of go, all right, we're going to relax here and just drop off. And for me, they played well. And, and I agree with you that Antwerp did play well and they got their reward for it. But and then again, another silly mistake, uh, an individual error that cost us, but weren't good enough tonight and we deserve to lose. Chris, we've got a question here from Mark Jameson at Tweets of Mark, who says, is any team doomed by more than often the amount of individual errors they make? Cheap giveaways, silly fouls, lapses of concentration, maddening. Chris, how worried are you? Because this is a familiar trait of a Spurs team, not just under Jose, under Maurizio Pochettino, under previous managers. How worrying is it that we can't seem to eradicate these individual errors? And I feel like whoever Mourinho puts out there, they're still coming, aren't they? They're still there every single game that we've got to try and try and find a solution to. Well, we've got to remember, Jose Mourinho has only been in charge for, for just less than a year. And yes, we've made signings in the summer transfer window. We've done some excellent business. Um, the only areas that we didn't really strengthen, which which was a big shame, is uh, the centre-back area where, where we're really struggling. And that is our weakness at the moment. But any of these changes that Jose Mourinho is making at the moment, these players should want to come in and want to give 110% because they want to be on the team sheet for Premier League matches at the weekend. 
You know, so if you're if you're given a chance in these Europa League matches, you've got to take your chance. When Jose Mourinho is making nine changes, you know, virtually bring in a different team, you know, you need to perform well. And um, you know, right from the off today, and even Hugo Lloris said it after the game that Spurs weren't on it from the very first minute. And you know, I counted twenty six seconds um, from the kickoff, they had a shot. It was a warning straight away. And even when Jose Mourinho made four substitutes at halftime, 38 seconds after they kicked off, they had a fantastic chance, which Sanchez um, actually blocked. But these are warning signs, you know, and, and they didn't pick up on them, you know, quick enough. But you're right, Ricky, earlier what you said in, you know, I think we were very lucky to only lose one nil um, because they had chance after chance. And, you know, the... Uh, they uh, they missed that glorious opportunity two three yards out. How that how that went over, I will, will never know. But you know they had, they had chances. But it's ultimately they they this team they have to take their chances. You know Stephen Stephen Bergvine, Lo Celso, Deli Ali, Gareth Bale, Carlos Vinicius. I bet any Tottenham fan when we saw that team come out, every one of us thought exactly the same thing. Royal Antwerp away in the Europa League, we have We're more than smash enough them. quality in that team. To get the three points, totally, hundred percent, hundred percent. And the thing, just to interrupt you, the thing is with that, then players also that you um, that you just read out there, they were poor. I'm, I'm, no, I, I, I love Gareth Bale to pieces, but he was poor. He was poor. He's walking very. around the pitch tonight. He wasn't very good. And we, we need to, you know, we dig out players at, or whatever on the show. But it's a criticism to say that look, guys, that weren't good enough, lads. You know, in terms of the, you know, in terms of the team, come on, lads. That, that weren't good enough. I mean, Bergy, it just it, it didn't look fit. It was it was a weird, like, like I say, it was like an attitude thing or maybe, you know, it's like the Sarnia gate, you know, something's happened there that, you know, everyone's you know, sick or they got food poison or sank. It was just, a, it was just a, one of them weird, weird performances. You just can't, you just can't get away with performances like that. You just can't do it. No, you can't. Like I said, we got punished for it. Jay bringing you in, team news. We saw Deli Ali earn just his third start of the season for Spurs. Nine changes we mentioned from Jose Mourinho from the Monday night with Ben Davis reverting to a centre-half again. Hugo Lloris keeping his place. It was a really attacking 11 from Mourinho as Chris and Lee have already read out there. Bergvine, Bale, Vinicius forming a tasty front three. Kane, Son, Mora and Hoybier all on the bench for Spurs. Hart also on the bench as well. We saw Mourinho rotating his goalkeepers, as we mentioned there, in the Europa League with Hart, who actually started against Shendia, Haifa and Lask, with Lloris, Vies, Plovdiv and now Antwerp. So perhaps he's picking based on opposition, or perhaps it would make it easier to play Lloris in the latter stages if Hart hasn't already been a constant in mm. the Europa League. So interesting on that. Ahead of the game, Mourinho said on Delhi. he's working very hard. I feel very hurt when I don't select him or even have him on the bench. Tonight, Delhi and Bergvine have to catch the opportunity with both hands. And I think we can safely say, Jay, that neither of those players did. We're going to come on to that shortly. But what did you make, Jay, of that team selection? Yeah, no, I, well, for me, I'm, I was quite excited about it. I think there were lots of players in that team that we were looking forward to seeing again. I mean, Vinicius obviously had a fantastic debut. Um, obviously, Bale, it's always exciting to see him. But um, for me, I mean, look, I, I still feel the issue is central defence. As Chris said, that was the one area where we did fail to strengthen and I feel as though that's kind of the area that really sets the tone in giving the whole team confidence in the defence. And there just seems to be that kind of that lack of that a leader who's going to kind of organise the defence. And um, that's something that we're really missing at the moment. A guy who's there who's organising defence. And, and that's for me where we are let down in, in occasions where we don't have someone who's able to kind of give instructions to everyone that's able to fill out the guys with confidence. I look at Sanchez and he just looks 
like he's very short of confidence at the moment. And you could just do with someone in there who's who's playing really well and who's full of confidence and that can help him through the match. But he just doesn't have that at the moment. So that's obviously, you know, we can't do anything about that. That's that's obviously an area where maybe we'll try to address again in January. But um, that for me is is the worrying area. Um, I think, as, as Lee said, again, on the attack, yeah, the, you know, there was definitely the quality in there. Maybe it was just the lack of fitness tonight. I think Bale obviously is still uh, getting up to match fitness. I mean, Bergvine, again, he you know, he doesn't really look fit, but he's not played a lot of football either, in fairness to him. So, um, yeah, it was all very slow in attack. It obviously allowed Antwerp to kind of reset. And then, of course, um, we just, yeah, it was just, we were very slow moving the ball. We made it very easy for them to defend. So, um, the, the starting eleven was was fine. I think we were all very excited to see it. But, um yeah, the execution of the game plan was was very poor. Lee, coming round to you, an absolutely horrendous goal, horrible goal to concede, and we were way too slow on the ball. Shocking defending by Ben Davis. That saw him get robbed by Embakani, and Leo Rafalov rifled home the opener for Antwerp. What did you make, Lee, of the way we conceded that goal, the manner of it? And again, it comes back to what we've said on this show so many times: individual errors. Individual errors. I knew you could say that, Rick, because it's freaking individual error again. <laughs> I think it was one of the lads earlier, one of you guys said earlier about, you know, impressed with their pressing. Their pressing wasn't, in, in the match that goal, all they were doing was just holding their shape. And and what they were doing is that there was no players running, creating an opportunity for somebody to pass them in terms of Spurs. We actually had possession of that football um, just inside their, their half before that goal. Um, and there was no there was no runners at all. That's why it's such a lacklustre, you know, People talk about kind of creating angles and creating opportunity to be able to pass to somebody else. And all that was happening is that players were looking up, seeing red shirts everywhere and um, and no space for it to, to pass. They were almost like just, you know, you got, um, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce their names, you got a bank of five in midfield, right? And all of our players were just standing next to their players. So, so when somebody uh, looks up, there was no there was no one making a, a, a run or creating some space. So what happens with that goal is they start to just just jockey us backwards, 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 and then what we're doing is we start to play lackluster balls backwards to, towards our own goal. And it was a it was a ball back in the end from Harry Winks to Ben Davis, and it was just an individual error, like absolutely ridiculous. Don't know what he's doing there. Then he gets in a muddle, and then Mbakani robs him of the ball, and you know again. Davison Sanchez, could he have cut that angle off? And you know, to be fair, probably being a little bit harsh because Mbakani's their top goal scorer. So he's tried to kind of show him uh, to down that down that side and, and and obviously he's left the fella behind him. So he just squared it and stuck the ball in the back of the net. Um, it was a horrendous goal to give away, but it was, again, a series of of errors, really, that, that could have been avoided if, if Spurs were at it tonight. You know, if Spurs were on the front foot and at it tonight, that that goal wouldn't have been given away because it wasn't they were pressing really hard and they were, you know, in our faces, Antwerp. It was just it was just because they they were they played well. And the reason why we conceded that goal is because of the way they were set up, don't get me wrong. But we could have easily avoided that goal by pushing forward and actually creating space and creating angles. For, uh, for for the players to pass to. You know, I, again, I, I'm sure we'll get into it, but La Celso, he ain't getting a free pass from me either. I thought he was woeful tonight as well. You know, he's meant to be the guy that create, creates everything. He didn't create a thing. Um, and, you know, so so for me, I think that there was, there was it was just a, a terrible performance from the entire squad, not individual players from the entire squad. And it was just one of those nights. As soon as they scored, 
Um, I actually thought I was I watched that group, didn't I? I said eight third minute, I still think we'll win the game because I thought that, you know, I think that we're gonna get up here. But what was actually happening, it was that they went to, once they got that goal, their game plan was perfect again because they could just sit in and be compact and go, right, what have you got, Tottenham Hotspur? And uh, we were blunt today, very blunt. We've already mentioned how Spurs gave that ball away in a real terrible area. There may have been a foul in there, but Rafalov, to be fair to him, took full advantage of a superb finish. But again, you know, we, we come back to the way Spurs defend, you know, the manner of it. You know, we're playing a centre-half there and Ben Davis, to be fair to him, that whilst he can adapt to play as a centre-half, it's not his preferred position. Was there any concerns in the build-up to this game with Ben Davis as a centre-half? Was you concerned about the nature that we're playing him there? We know he plays there for Wales, but are you comfortable with Spurs operating him from there? Like Lee said earlier, we, we, we played, um, you know, with changes last week and, and he played uh, centre-back last week. There wasn't a problem then. You know, he played well. he done well. He captained the side. Um, it, it was very poor tonight, as Lee said, and it was very, very slow. Harry Winks to Ben Davis slipped. You know, I don't think it was a foul. I think it was just poor defending. You know, he should have um, passed the ball out quicker. Everything, everything about tonight just needed to be quicker. Um, but, you know, with so many changes being made, perhaps, Perhaps tonight there were too many changes made. And I think Jose Mourinho will, will admit that, you know, he takes full responsibility. And uh, I love his reaction on, on Instagram to say, um, you know, training tomorrow, 11 o'clock. You know, I hope that everyone else on this bus is as disappointed as I am. And, uh, you know, as I say, it's a, it's a blip. It is not the end of the world that we have lost tonight. Yes, it's poor defending. I think that Jose Mourinho has learned a lot about the players tonight. And when we say about last season and, and the mentality and the attitude of players, a lot of these players are new players. They're players that came in in the summer. So Jose Mourinho would have learned a lot about the players, the new ones and the, and, the, and the ones that were there already. So, you know, going forward, it's now about seeing a reaction and winning at home to Brighton on Sunday. Jamie, I know a lot of people when that goal went in, they thought it may have been a tight call if it was a foul on Ben Davis. But regardless, you know, he was divering, not strong enough. And I think that goal, Jake, kind of exemplified the whole team's approach to that game. You know, aimless, too slow. And the team really feeling, I think, the effects of the nine changes. Really disjointed with no fluidity in attack. And again, Davis, you know, utilised again as a centre-back in Europe. To be fair to him, he made some vital interceptions very, very early on. But was at fault for that opener got caught out by Mbakani, as we mentioned, put on a plate for him by Rafalov, made up towards the end with a real important block on the stretch save's low effort. But what did you make, Jay, of his overall game, Ben Davis? Six <laughs> out of ten? <laughs> oh, blimey. No, I, don't, I wouldn't have got six out of ten for me tonight. Squad um, player, mate. Squad, I've always said it. Squad player at best, mate. Yes. That's what I've always do, said. Do, do you know, Rick, Ricky actually texted me. As soon as that goal went in, Ricky texted me. I know. So he takes, six I, out of ten. I got battered totally. on it last week, by I just said. I got so, battered on it last week by Lee McQueen for calling him a, for calling him a squad player. Lee, yeah. there you go. That's your six I've out of always, ten, mate. I've always said he's a squad player, mate. I've always said it. <laughs> <laughs> always. Yeah, I, I definitely... Let's not take, let's not take jubilation of the fact that he's a six out of ten. You know what I mean? They had a shocker tonight, but so did everyone else. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's, that was obviously become a new catchphrase. I think at Spurs, Mr. Six out of ten for Ben Davis. But... Um, I thought he, yeah, as I said, he, I thought he was very good last week. Um, but this week, yeah, it was it was just a very poor performance. But he wasn't the only one. It was, I think, the, the majority of the defence was very poor. So I, I don't think you can just kind of look at and blame Ben Davis. But 
um, yeah, it was a shocking performance from, from the whole defence tonight, to be honest. We did see Jose Mourinho at half-time make those four changes. Hoybier, Lamella, Son and Mora all coming on. Le Celso, Deli, Bergvine and Vinicius coming off. Before we go for a very quick break, only fair to read out some more of our listener questions. We've had over 100 coming to the show. This one is from Harv at Trophy Status 1 who says, Mourinho gave a lot of these players an opportunity to show them they can push for the starting eleven. Every single one of them showed whether they are normally on the bench or at home. Spurs thought they had won the game before they had even arrived. J.S. Speakman says here, There's definitely a few combinations of attackers, midfielders and defenders that work best together. Today's starters were a bad combination. Hoping Jose will figure out the best working relationships amongst the Spurs players based on their playing style. Ryan Smith at Ryan S Original says, I hate to say it, but tonight it shows we just look poor and not even average. I honestly think Delhi and Winks are done at our club, which is such a shame as they were once huge, huge futures. Let's just hope this blip and wheels of the crazy train haven't come off before they got started. Scott Mooney says, down a goal and GLC being the only creative midfielder, why would you take him off? GLC and Vinicius were our two best players in the first half and yet they were off. To me, it made no sense. Roger Duhigg also questions the substitutions. He said, did Mourinho make four panic substitutions at half-time? Was it an overreaction? Second half performance was no much better. Could have delayed those changes and allowed the players already on the pitch to try and put things right. Yusuf Tai says, we were so poor. I would have left Vinicius on and brought Harry Kane on to play alongside him. Oliver Celso on and take Winks off. We lacked real creativity. Well, there you go. A whole host of listener questions here on The Last Word on Spurs. We are going to go for a very quick break. And then afterwards, we're taking you in to the second half of the show. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you ever so much for downloading us. As always, we're trying to provide you with some form of instant reaction. Hopefully it's therapy and that's what it seems to be at the moment on this show because of the nature of the result we've just had against Royal Antwerp. Right, Deli Alley. Now, a lot of people have been sending us don't discuss Deli in too much detail. Some people want to have the Deli Alley debate. So listen, I think it's only right on the back of that kind of performance, we have to give a mention to the players that are headlining. And Deli Alley is one of those players, maybe not for the right reasons being a headliner, but we'll discuss him anyway. Lee, of Deli Alley's three starts this season, he's been replaced at half-time in two and lasted just yeah. an hour in the other. Not easy, I don't think, for him to impress or build momentum. But there is that nature that people just feel at the moment that when Delhi is on the pitch, he's slowing everything down, he's losing the ball, he's not on the same page as others. Therefore, where do you sit at the moment with Delhi Ali? And I know Jason's going to kill me. Again, I have to ask the question here. Do you think he's, you know, is he still able to have a Spurs future? I'm a big Delhi Ali fan. All the listeners know that when, when I'm on, which, uh, you know, when, and we ever talk about Delhi, that, you know, I, I'm, I'll back him and I'll still back him now. Um, I'm, a, I'm a believer in giving people an opportunity. Um, and, you know, I know what you're saying to me, Rick, but Lee ain't done it for ages and I, and I get that. And and I do I do start thinking in my head now, like, 
you can't defend his performance tonight, but you can't defend any of the players' performance tonight. So, so I think it's really unfair to dig out, not that you're doing that, but that's what the media are doing as well, because I heard the reporters and all that straight away ask about Deli Alley, um, and that will be the headlines. But, you know, what about Lacelso? What about Berge? What, you know, what about Vinicius? You know, at, at the end of the day, what about Sergio? They were all poor. They were all below a five. Every single player, Kane, Son, they were all below a five. Lucas. So Yeah, Bale, exactly, exactly that. He's not, he's not getting a free pass for me either. And I'm, I love him to death, but he was awful. Mm. So, so I think it's a little bit unfair to dig Delhi out in this particular match. But I do realise why people will ask the question. But to me, this just, again, it's such a similar situation to what we had with Tungo and Dembele last year. And uh, last season, sorry. And Tungo and Dembele has arguably been, well, he's been a complete, He's a, he's a complete different player we're this season. Now. We're resting him for games, Lee. Can you believe it? Exactly. We've got to we, we're resting uh, Tungy and Dombele now. And, and, and obviously, this is complete hindsight, which I don't normally deal in. But when you look at the team tonight and you look at the result tonight, you could almost say we missed Tungundan Ballet because of the you know, the passes, the threading the balls through, whatever. So, you know, just, just back on the belly alley, I think that I think he's going for a really tough time. I think it's the first time in his career for a prolonged period that he's been dropped and, and he has been dropped and left out of the squad. I think that's I think that's difficult. I think when you listen to the show uh, that you and Jamie did with um, uh, with the executive producer and the producer of the Amazon documentary um, last week, and you realise uh, the passion you can hear in Claire when she's talking about how nice the players are and how um, uh, you know how normal human beings they are, and then you and you listen to the part where. He's talking about Jose, un, you know, unpacking his stuff in his office. Just remind you that these people are human. They are people. And at the end of the day, he's going for a really tough time. He's one of us. And actually, you know, we should be supporting him. And that, that was my point I was making last week with Ben Davis when I, when I had a pop at you. But also, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm talking about Harry Winks, which you almost asked me, you asked me at the front as well, Deli Ali and Harry Winks. And that's the same, it's a similar scenario. So I think that he's get, Deli Ali's going for a really, really tough time. I, I believe that he will get it back. I, I, I hope that he gets it back. I want him to get it back. But you cannot deny that the performance that he put in tonight has done him no favours. Um, but what I would say is it hasn't done anyone else any favours either and their other performances because they were all woeful. I promise we're not going to spend too much time on Delhi because there's a lot of other players we need to discuss. Chris, very quickly, I just want to get your view on it as well. Delhi, listen, given a rare opportunity in that start 11, I thought got himself in some good positions early on, but his final ball was really, really lacking. However, he did at one point set Vinicius away free with a lovely floated ball, but clearly didn't do enough to take his chance and was subbed at the break. Is he getting enough time, Chris, to prove his worth? Well, when you look at um, how much game time he's had so far this season, 45 minutes on the opening weekend against Everton, 60 minutes is the longest he's played in a game against Skindia away in the Europa League, 45 minutes against Maccabi Haifa, only 21 minutes against Man United, 38 minutes last week and 45 minutes today. For a player that we know, um, like Deli Alley, who, you know, we know what he can do, but the performances just aren't there at the moment. And what I'm worried about now is how much game time he will actually get in the future, because he seems to be one of those players that Jose Mourinho, um, you know, really has it in for at the moment. You know, he's asked him to go away, work on his game. But as I said earlier, it's about taking the opportunities. 
you know, the game time that he has been given, although it's not a lot, you have to be doing something when you're on the pitch. You have to be, um, you know, working a lot harder. And uh, I just, I just, I'm just not seeing it. I'm a big, big Deli Ali fan, and I'd really love to see it all work out. And I'd love to see Deli Ali back to how he used to play. And I completely mm. agree with Lee's comments. It's very easy to single out players like Deli Ali and Ben Davis and Harry Winks, but you know, every player was very poor tonight. Even, even the substitutes when. You know, you're right, Lee, when Hunmin Son come on and, and players like that who, you know, we're so used to, you know, certainly this season, um, you know, they've had, they've had that real um, buzz about them, you know, that real buzz about the, the team and the squad. Um, but players have to take their opportunity. And Deli Ali, you know, I, I fear for his future at Tottenham if he doesn't start taking his opportunities well. Yeah, Chris, just just quickly, if I ask, do you think, do you think it's fear? because we haven't talked about that. And, you know, we talk about, you've got to take, and I agree with you 100% what you're saying. You've got to take your opportunities and you've got to be in a squad. And, you know, sometimes with, when Deli Ali, a, a personality, uh, somebody with, um, you know, his personality and, and he's used to playing every week and all of a sudden he's, he's out of the team. Do you think that it's fear now that he doesn't want to make a mistake because he knows that he's not going to get in and therefore you're not now playing with that freedom? And that's a little bit like, you know, when things aren't going your way, not not, not, not just with Delhi, but with other players or sometimes with teams, teams as a whole, you know, you're in the relegation zone and you're thinking, oh, I'm playing, we're playing well today, we're playing, and then all of a sudden, you know, something go, doesn't go for you. You know, you say that in football, going, oh, you, know, you just need a bit of luck, you just need a bit of something. Do, do you think it's a bit of fear? that he's playing with and he's not being able to express himself? Perhaps it is, Lee. Uh, it, it, you know, Deli Ali and Harry Kane, they are the two that we used to talk about. And, yeah. and now, of course, it's Hunmin Son and Harry Kane. Um, but I don't know. With Jose Mourinho, you know, when, when he's got a problem with a player, the player needs... You know, it's all about reaction. And it's yeah. all about Deli Ali's reaction now. And will we see Deli Ali back to how he used to be or will we see him sold? Um oh. Yeah. Going on these stats of how how much he's played this season and in and in these types of games, it's more Europa League games. And if you're being pulled off after 45 minutes and getting, you know, 30 minutes in these games, you know, Deli Ali of old would have been one of your first players on the team sheet, and he's nowhere near that at the moment. I think when Deli Deli was at his best, I think one thing that he did so well was he kind of did, did everything without thinking, and now he's obviously got so much pressure on him. That he's thinking about when he's doing stuff, and he's not, you know, not the exactly. Deli of old where he's doing. Those, That's what I said uh, about the fear, uh, James. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, he's not doing the tricks that usually come off the late runs into the box and all the characteristics that you'd uh, associate with Delhi. Because, as I said, I just think it's that he's lacking that confidence at the moment. And and as Chris said, you know about game time. I think one thing that's very difficult to do is. When you when you've got um you're not consistently in the team, then it's kind of very difficult to kind of regain your your form. If you're not playing regular games, how are you meant to kind of um? That's the only way that you can kind of regain that form. And um, I don't think that his lack of game time um is helping him at the moment. But can you blame Jose Mourinho because he's as we said he's not really taking those opportunities at the moment well, when he's being given them. I said, I said as well a couple of weeks ago that Deli Ali looks extremely frustrated, and I still feel that. You know, where you used to see a smile in Delhi, um, you know, smiling with yes. lots of the players, you know, getting on very yeah. well with everybody. Mm. He just seems very, very frustrated. He seems very inward at the moment and he just doesn't seem himself. No, I totally agree, Chris. I mean, after the game, we saw Jose Mourinho decline the chance to analyse Delhi's performance and add shortly after that tonight, 
my future choices are going to be very, very easy. It is my responsibility. And you just wonder, that comment came slightly after where he was asked to analyse his performance. To me, that doesn't sound great for him. And I think it's very important, like I say, this show, we want to try and be as fair balanced as possible. Listen, there's people that absolutely love Delhi. There's some that feel his time is up. And again, on this panel, there's a real split. I know it's one of those players that you know the potential is there, as Lee always goes on about. When Lee has said in the past, this guy's world class, Lee's seen that in those first couple of seasons that he can be like that. So I think, again, very difficult, isn't it, at this stage, Lee, to sit here and give a definitive yeah. verdict as to I what's think- going to happen. I think the, the reality, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think the the reality is where I'm sitting is I'm a big Delhi fan. I back him. If he listens to the show, mate, I'm, I've got your back 100%. Um, but, uh, you, you know, but we talk about the Delhi of old. We do forget stuff. And I've just got to tell you a quick story, right? So, so, so my boy, I've got to give him a shout out because they, they all listen to the show. So, Nick and Colsey and Crouchy and Steph and Dave, right? They're my, they're my season ticket boys. Right? I've got to give him a shout out, right? But here's the story, right? We're at Wembley and we're about to play Real Madrid. And we're sitting in the, you know, the concourse of Wembley where, where we were. And we're having a beer. And uh, the debate was Deli Alley. I mean, you could not make this stuff up, right? We're still talking about it like two two years later or whatever it was. Um, and it was it was virtually two years ago um, or three years ago. Um, and uh, we would, oh, is he going to pick him? Is he going to play Deli this, that and the other? So he plays Deli Alley, right? And he and 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 the debate was, oh, he ain't good enough. You know, he gives the ball away and this, that, and the other. He turns up on that night, he scores two goals. Now we know the story and how that finished. And I tell you why I remember that because we 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 won a load of money on a bet because we bet because we had a massive debate before it. We actually turned around, Colsey went, should we go and put a bet on Deli Alley scoring the first goal? And we don't normally bet. And we was like, oh, go on then. Uh, so we went down uh, uh, down to the the you know the, the betting kiosk or whatever. And all of us put a little bet on, and uh, we we won, we won a load of money. It was quite a big win, actually. So is that why that you're much. still defending him then? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Is that he why he's made it, you he a multi-millionaire? Right <laughs> he sorted us right out, Deli Ali. No, I, I, that explains but, the I, mansion <laughs> for sure. No, but I think I think that I think the um, I think the point being is that Delhi's always been in in a debate even before that game. He was absolute superstar that night. And even before that game, we were debating, just as fans, me and my mates, just debate, oh, is, is he going to start? Is he going to do anything? Is he going to turn up tonight? Uh, you know, nothing's changed. In, was it three, it's three seasons. It's three years ago. Three years ago next week, isn't it? George, that we, we turned Real Madrid over. Yeah, no, you're right. Do you know, I was going to say, the sad thing is that Deli Alley used to be, um, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet. But you ask any Tottenham fan this season... Would Deli Ali be in your starting eleven? Probably well, not. He wouldn't be in some people's no. squads, Chris. Now he wouldn't be in some people's it's, squads. There you are. It's a sign of the times, yes, unfortunately. Tough. Very it, tough. It's a tough competition. We've got a lot of players to still get through here. Got to be very quick on these. Giovanni Celso tried to curl one in, and very early on in that game, it was comfortable for the goalkeeper before later teaming up with Steven Bergwijn outside the box. Only given 45 minutes as he made way at the break. Again, another player there that won't get off the well, won't get a free pass as we mentioned. Giovanni Lo Celso want to see more from him. Another one, Stephen Bergvine, returned to the side after his absence against Burnley. Linked up fairly well early on with Lo Celso before shooting straight at the keeper. Didn't make the impact in that first half we all wanted. Again, another player substituted at the break. Carlos Vinicius a handful for the hosts early on as he used his powerful frame to shield the ball and link up with his teammates well. Went on a very good run prior to half-time, but just couldn't force his way through into the area, hooked at the break. The next player up for massive debate on this show, which I know, again, it feels like we're nitpicking here, but we are discussing all the players, Harry Winks. Now, 
Harry was named in the team after missing out on the squad completely at Burnley and played the full 90 minutes. Again, the full 90 minutes. Not a game to remember for the England international as he was given a real tough time by the hosts. Chris, Harry Winks. I'm sorry to... Your face, listen, you can't see Chris's face there, but the, the, the sigh that he gave, thinking I'm coming around to you first. I know you've always had a soft spot for Harry Winks. The question now, Chris, is again, same with Delhi. Is he good enough for where Tottenham are looking to go now? To compete well, for a... Well, to try and compete for the Premier League, I want to say now. Is that not fair me saying that? It's all about taking opportunities, Rick. And um, is again... He taking them? Is he taking them? No, he's not. No, he's not. He's, uh, you know, he's had a tough season so far this season. Um, you know, I've said on this show, um, you know, before, you know, you always get passion with Harry Winks. Is he good enough, um, you know, to be playing in a Premier League, um, you know, con contending team? Um, Jose Mourinho is obviously, you know, doing some, some great work. He's brought in some great players in the summer. Will he be at Tottenham next season? I'm not so sure. Um, you know, you, you've got to take opportunities in these types of games. It's frustrating. It really is. And, um, you know, I know that we, we're criticising, you know, players. And I know that a lot of Tottenham fans have been very critical tonight of Ben Davis and Harry Winks and, um, and various others, Deli Alley. I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I don't know what more to say on Harry Winks. You know, games like this, you should be performing. And when we've seen Pierre-Emile Hoybier come in and we've seen the work that he has been putting in, the yes. shift that he has been putting in, yep. showing real leadership qualities, you know, we're not seeing that from Harry Winks. And that is exactly what he should be doing on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, Jay, just coming over to you there, like Chris makes that comparison. I just wonder, you know, we've said here maybe that Winks can learn from Hoybier's game. Is it just a case now where this Spurs team have evolved, essentially, yeah. and that Winks is part of a crop that unfortunately are just no longer good enough to take Spurs where ultimately we want them to be, where Jose Mourinho wants his Spurs team to be. For me, it feels like with Winks, we're coming to the end of that chapter. Yeah. And I wish him all the best. Like I say, I wish, you know, if he does lead the club, I do wish him all the best generally. I'm sure he can go and play for another side outside maybe the top six. But that's where I see it, Jay. I think we've got to be honest here and might be start being ruthless and brutal with where we see players. Yeah, look, I, I think he brings a lot of nice things to the squad. Obviously, you know, he's homegrown. He's come through our academy and that's always really important. But when he's given those opportunities, Chris said, I think, you know, he's spot on. He, he hasn't really taken them. And it's it's very frustrating in these sort of games where we need the, the players that aren't regularly playing to come in and perform. And Harry Winks is one of those players that just doesn't seem to take his opportunity when it comes. And um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating at the moment. Obviously, we've got so many fantastic options in midfield and... Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, very frustrating at the moment with Harry Winks. He's just not really performing to the level that Spurs need him to in this, in, in that sort of game tonight. So, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was a very, very disappointing performance on Winks and um, he's having a very difficult time though. But I think it also comes back to the point that I made earlier with Delhi. Um, when he's not getting consistent game time, it's, it's difficult to kind of find that, that level that you want to be playing at and you want them to be performing at. So, um, in that respect, I do I do have a bit of sympathy, sympathy for him um, in terms of not consistent game time that he's getting. Jeremy makes the point there, Lee, the lack of game time for Winks, the lack of game time for Delhi. Is that a problem also for these players, that they're so under pressure? And you mentioned the word earlier, fear. You know, the fear that they've yeah. got to perform within those 90 minutes or they're out the team. 
Do you feel with Winks that's a massive issue in his game as well, that he knows he's got to go and perform, and if not, he's out of the team? And it also plays a massive effect in terms of how these players have got to perform on the day. I think that's the big step change. I, I actually do think that's the big step change between Maurizio Potticino and Jose Mourinho. You know, I, I think that that is clear. It certainly worked from where I'm uh, looking at that, that there is a step change in the, in what what is expected, and you know that that fear. I think you make a brilliant point. Like I, I think there is fear there. But when when you play any sport or when you do anything in your life, you know whether or not it's you. You're a student, or you know whether or not you're working, you run your own business, or whether or not you just go to work, or whether or not you walk alone on your own, right? Think about it. If you have fear, if you have fear in in your in your mind, it changes your decision making. It, it absolutely does. So if you're fearful of making a mistake at work, you probably just keep low, keep your head down, don't don't bother, you know, going after it. Um, you know, it's the same in, in sport. Uh, obviously, I, I don't play professional sport, not, but not good enough to do so. But I watch a lot of it and I analyse a lot of that. And, you know, clearly a confidence thing is there if you're not getting game time. You're not getting game time, meaning that you're not getting the, the practice, if you like, that, that you would need. And then, of course, when you do get your time, as, as Chris mentioned, and all of us have mentioned, actually, Jamie said earlier, is that because of the game time is limited, when you do get your chance, you have to take it. So it means that you're playing under massive pressure and, and therefore there's that, there's that fear. And, and in a funny kind of way, you know, I like the kind of whole kind of behavioural stuff and, you know, psyche, if you like, psyche of players and the mentality. M- maybe this is the situation where he's hardening up the, the, the players in the squad for them real pressure times when we get to a cup semi-final and we normally blow it because you know what, oh yeah, it's Tottenham. Or we get to a final when we blow it in because, oh yeah, you know what, it's Tottenham. Maybe this is hardening us up as, as players, as individual players, as, as a squad. I'm hoping, I'm trying to put a positive spin on that. But I, I agree with the lads. I, I, I like Winksy. I think he's one of our own, all that sort of stuff. But you can't deny that he's not, when he's given his opportunity, he's not playing well enough and he has to step that up. He, he has to find a way within himself same as Delhi, same as you know Bergy or whatever. They have to find a way within themselves to 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 shrug off the fear, suck up the pressure, and go make it happen. And you, you've got to do that. And that's how you become a winner. That's how you lead. That's how you become a winner. Just to go out there and suck it up and thrive in that kind of pressure cooker environment. And at the moment, they're, they're not doing that. No. Can I can I just say, Rick, that. Um, in Jose Mourinho's first European game as Tottenham manager, Olympiacos at home, um, he brought off Eric Dyer after 20-odd minutes because something wasn't working. Well, tonight, it wasn't working. He made four half-time substitutions, very, very bold decisions. And I tell you what, if players in this squad are not taking opportunities, you know, we're all going to expect players to go, you know, go out the door because Jose Mourinho is a winner. You don't win trophies. You know, the amount of trophies that he's won by sticking with players who, you know, are there just to be, you know, part of the squad. So true. He wants, he wants winners. He wants leaders. Yeah. And the, the bold decisions, I absolutely loved it. When, when, when it wasn't working in the first 45 minutes tonight, you know, at halftime, making four substitutions, that is a huge statement yeah. to the squad, the players, everybody involved with Tottenham Hotspur Football Club that, you know, if you're not performing... You're not going to be in my eleven. Yep. And I, and I and I think that's a really really good attitude that he's got. I agree. I think you know I, I actually enjoyed him even after the game his press conferences very very honest and I think it's one of those things where again we're not going to diminish 
diminish Pochettino here whatsoever. But with Jose, I think Lee, you mentioned this, he's very, very straight. You get exactly what he's feeling from a press conference. You know, you ask him a question, it gives you a straight answer back. And you can tell players, some of them, uh, they're on their last lives. And, and, to, and to be honest, Rick, it, you know, it, it, he says it what we're saying. Do you know what I mean? He, he says what we're thinking. Like, so that's, that's what I mean. You have to, you have to respect that. You don't have to like the bloke. But you have to respect the fact that when he comes out after a press conference, he's not—he's not all in riddles and spaghetti. Do you know what I mean? He's—he is telling it how it is, and he's—and he's thinking. He's—he's he's telling what we are thinking. And you know, and going back to to that, you know, Chris, just wanted to ask you quickly. So, do you think then that it is—it is part of Jose moulding that 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 kind of mentality change by, like you said, because it's, it's a really good point. He did hook. Uh, Eric Dyer off against Olympiacos and he did uh, he did uh, hook four off of them tonight and you know the reality is that you've got to suck up that pressure and that fear and get over it get past that because once you do you'll probably be in his team and, and look at Ndombele for example Well Lee can you imagine being on that bus you know dri- driving to the airport you know home you know, no one is going to want to get on that bus with Jose Mourinho's face. And, you know, particularly... I'd have got an Uber, mate. I'd have, I'd have got an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, imagine seeing he's, um, you know, sitting there on the bus or sitting there in the changing room after the game. And then you see your manager's Instagram post saying, you know, saying what he he, he has. And, and saying that, um, you know, if you were part of that starting eleven of him saying, I would have replaced them all at half-time. It's the thing is, the thing, the thing is, Chris. Just to interact with you there. The thing is that I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this properly over over a, a podcast, but you can't you can't see me. But but the, re, the the reality is that if you think like that way, if you believe that way that Jose believes, you'll already be feeling it. Do you know what I mean? So so when when you ask the question, point, can you imagine point. looking at that? Yep. Then because uh, I feel that way, I would already know it anyway. So the point being is that. It's the people that don't expect that reaction from Jose are the ones that he's actually saying it to. I, I don't know if I can no, articulate that, is, that very I'd, well. I totally podcast, understand that, where you're coming from. I do you get what I mean, Rick? Yep, 100% is, agree. It, it, yep. And that's what... I, when, when I go into my passion rant sometimes and whatever, and I say this about the fans, like, mm. you've got to understand that's what it is. It is an ingrained belief in a lot of the... Uh, a lot of us Tottenham Hotspur fans, Tottenham Hotspur supporters, that we expect it to go wrong. Because it's ingrained in us, so therefore it goes wrong because we don't actually believe it is going to go right. Like and the point being is, it, change, isn't it? It's like you always say mentality yeah, and that's yeah. and that's what I'm thinking about. Joe says that sometimes we don't we don't like his method. Sometimes we don't like the way he hangs people out to dry. Whatever. Sometimes we don't like the fact that he's he's dropping players and this that, and the other. But the debate that we're having now, the conversation we're having now, is just so brilliant because. Actually, he's he's not just doing it on the face of it. He's not doing a, a Twitter fan base reaction, right? Oh, yeah, drop him or drop it. What he's actually doing is he's building the mentality up and to try and change. Do, do you agree, Chris? Jamie, do you agree? Do you know what, Lee? If, if we lost the Brighton game on Sunday, you know, and not this one, you know, this one, you can lose the game. Yes, we're all disappointed. Yes, we all I agree, win 100%. But we can still progress to the next round of the competition. You know, Great, I don't 100%. see tonight being a, a huge problem. I think Jose Mourinho has learned a lot tonight from these players, whether they have been there you know, since the well. start or, or, or not. Um, but he is not going to wait around for players like Harry Winks to, to start performing, you know, in, in the next year or two. If players are not going to perform for him now and not going to be on the the crazy train, as you put it, 
um, you know, he'll get rid of them. You know, but we want to turn the crazy train of up and down to the party bus. That's what we want. We want the party <laughs> That's bus. That's what we want, mate, with the trophies on it and the trophies are coming. Oh and I think just, just, to, just to interact on that point before we take it off on a bit of a kind of what, joke on the, one. On the party bus or...? The, yeah, yeah, the party bus. No, no, just just on, just on that comment before is that if you look now, all of the listeners as well, just think about this. If you if you if you look now, the opportunity that Tottenham Hotspur Football Club have got in the league now, it feels like the Leicester uh, season, the 2015-16 again. It's it's open, isn't it? Let's be brutally honest. The Premier League is open. I'm not saying we're going to go and win it. But it is open. And, and if somebody goes, a team goes on a run of three, four, five, six wins on the trot and starts getting that confidence, that you know, that, that could be the team that everyone's starting to look up and go, hang on a minute. You've got Villa in the mixer. You've got Leeds in the mixer. You've got bloody Everton at the top of the league. You know, Liverpool have dropped points. Man City have dropped points and way behind their best. And, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spur, you know, it might end up being the top six being the top six. But... You know, it, it, no one's running away with it after six games. So this has to be an opportunity to get on the bloody crazy train. Winksy, Daddy, come on, let's get on it and go for it. Because this is the time that we could actually do something special. And Kane, I'm just paraphrasing what he said, but Kane said something along that lines, didn't he, after the Burnley game? We think we can go and do something special. And then classic, turn up four days later and we freaking lose to Antwerp because of attitude. Pfft, stinks. It does indeed. It does. Now, before we look ahead to Brighton, I think just, just on some of our other players, Hugo Lloris, 100th appearance in Europe for Tottenham, preferred instead to Joe Hart, but had no chance for the opener as Raffalov fired home from just inside the box. Pretty quiet for him, really, but was alert to tip over Dukarod's effort over the bars. It appeared to be dipping in. Sergio back in the team after missing out at Burnley, but didn't have many chances to push on with the hosts impressing. Did put a very good cross into the box just after the hour mark that Eric Lamella narrowly missed. Davinson Sanchez actually saved Spurs with a crucial outstanding tackle to deny Rafalov as he went through on goal. Big tackle at a crucial time. Another player again that gets so much criticism at the moment. Sergio Regulon. Didn't get forward as much as we probably like, but was hand on to cut on the ball prior to half. Time to stop Embakani doubling the lead. Pierre-Emile Hoybier brought on at half time to get the ball moving forward and did exactly that. You could actually saw after the game how frustrated and angry he was at full time. You know, I don't think he actually liked the players of Antwerp celebrating. He looked really, really annoyed. And I actually love seeing that from a player. Gareth Bauer, who've made a brief mention to look, was very quiet in that first half, was reduced to shots from distance, just couldn't have an impact on the game and was subbed just before the hour mark. Eric Lamella, to be fair to him, did try to make things happen instantly and was close to connecting with Aurea's cross, worked hard to try and get Spurs back into that game. Lucas Moura, another one, introduced at the break, teed up some of the low cross only for the attacker's effort to be blocked. Some good runs from the Brazilian as he looked to get Spurs back in that game, but unfortunately couldn't materialise it. And Jay, just to finish up, Hummin Son, Harry Kane, both introduced. Not much of an impact, Jay. Was you disappointed by how Spurs' second half performance was in general there? Yeah, I, I mean, if, you know, if you look at Harry Kane and Hummin Son had an off night, I guess you just can say that it was an off night for the team. I mean, when they're not performing, then it's very difficult for the other performers to, to, to kind of put in good uh, shifts as well. So um, I think that kind of the performances of Hummin Son and Harry Kane and how frustrated they were by. Um, but Antwerp's last-ditch defending kind of summarised how the night went for Spurs, really. It did. I mean, to be fair to Son again, I, I do think he actually worked ever so hard when he came on, but just couldn't help us get that crucial goal. And Harry Kane, 
30 minutes for him. It just wasn't there for the England captain, was it, to be fair? And to remain strong and saw out that game. We are going to go for our final break of the show. Taking you into that break, we've got Charlie Haffenden from the Let's Talk Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club podcast. And we've also got Richard from the Footy Albion Me podcast giving us their thoughts ahead of Tottenham Hotspur's Premier League game against Brighton at the weekend. And following that, we'll be able to give you our predictions, our thoughts ahead of the game against Brighton in the Premier League. Okay, Hugo, tough night tonight. Royal Antwerp, difficult game, and we've ended up on the losing side. Yeah, uh, it's no good to feel the taste of the defeat. Obviously, uh, we should have done better. Uh, we let them believe in the, in the game. Uh, in the uh, first half, uh, you know, we didn't put enough uh, intensity uh, in, in our performance. Um, unfortunately, we conceded this goal, and then in the second half, even if we increase a bit, uh, it was not enough. Uh, the credit belonged to the opponent, but I think, uh, uh, you know, from first minute we should have uh, given more. Any reason for that, Hugo? Just one of those nights? Uh, you know, uh, as I said, it's not good to feel the, the, the taste of the defeat. Uh, I think it touched your pride and, and you just want to, to, to be focused on the next game and, um, and win it. Uh, there is still four games to go uh, in this uh, group stage. Um, and uh, obviously the target is to finish first, so we will have to, to make the job. Uh, we make things complicated with this defeat, but uh, we are still in, in the race and, uh, and, uh, and we have to you know, improve our, our performance. Bounce back against Brighton? Yeah, no, it's, that's the, the only word, you know, and, uh, or only thought, it's, uh, it's, it's Brighton. Uh, try to to make everything possible to get the first uh, home win in the, in the league. Um, after the last two home games uh, in the league, uh, there was a lot of frustration. So with this defeat, he had uh, even more, uh, you know, uh, he makes even more special this game. So we must be sure that we are ready for, for that. OK, Jose, 1-0 defeat tonight, first in a while. Uh, what did you put it down to? We can only blame ourselves and we can only praise the, the opponent. But I would prefer to praise the opponent because they played a magnificent game and not to blame ourselves because we played an awful game. But I have to do both at the same time, to praise them because they, they were playing in the maximum of their level and we have to blame ourselves because we were poor. So surprised because, I mean, we're 10 unbeaten coming here, we're, we're playing well, we just performances come out of the blue, I guess. Yeah. I have to to admit that the the performance was was poor. The result is uh, is poor. There is nothing more than that I want to say. Um, somebody to blame? Blame me because I'm the boss. It's my responsibility who to play, and uh, I'm the one to to blame. But I have to admit that the game um, confirmed me a few things open uh, other question marks and will help me in, um, in the future of, of my decisions. I'm also learning every day. So we have to bounce back quickly, Brighton, and I know the lads are determined to win that after what's happened in the last two home games. Brighton is much better than Antwerp, period. There is no point of comparison. Um, quality is not enough. Um, but the reality is that in, in every match a part of, of this one, uh, I can only praise my uh, my players, so 
I hope that they they feel hurted by by this defeat. They can do their self analyze and um, get the points against uh, Brighton, which I repeat is a much more difficult match than this one. In many ways, we we can use the frustration out of tonight in take it into Sunday, can't we? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And um, it's a different competition, probably with the victory at home in a six-match uh, group phase. Probably people thought uh, the job was was done, but it's not done. Three points is not enough. In the Premier League, you look to the table, you win one game, you go up, you lose a game, you go down. I think is more pressure there. Probably more more pressure leads to more uh, concentration and um, to a better performance and a better result. Just last one. Just what do you expect from Brighton on Sunday? What, what yeah from Brighton on Sunday? Yeah. The same every time I play them. Uh, they want to play. They want to be aggressive. They want to be uh, fast in in transitions and uh, they want to use the ball. They want to try to hide the ball from you. They are a team that goes to to every stadium and they play the game face to face and trying to uh, to win. So a good game to play. I hope. It's been a bit of an odd season for Brighton so far. They started really well and shouldn't have lost against Chelsea in the opening game. Thrash Newcastle were unfairly beaten in one of the most bonkers games I've ever seen against Manchester United when we hit the woodwork five times. Since then, the performances have sort of tailed off and the draw against West Brom was a real downer. The first half was totally dominant, should have scored more than one goal. The second half was really poor. We sort of regressed into some of what we were doing last season. The start was very positive in terms of performances, but now we're in a position where we need to start picking up points and the finishing has not really been good enough. But this is a really exciting young team. They're playing some very easy on the eye stuff and I think neutrals are starting to see that with some experienced heads uh, in the likes of Adam Lallana and Danny Welbeck who could make his debut against Spurs. Um, but in terms of predicting the lineup, it's almost impossible to guess what Graham Potter's going to do either before or during a game. He's without doubt one of the most tactically flexible managers in the Premier League. Sometimes you could argue that's not a good thing. And maybe that happened on Monday in the uh, second half, for example. It didn't quite go to plan. But for example, we know Captain Lewis Dunk won't play. He's suspended, unfortunately, for us. That's a big blow for Albion. Uh, he's a player that Jose Mourinho has talked about a lot and um, he seems to really like him. It, it could be that Potter goes with a back five or three, depending on how you look at it. Ben White could move back into the defence after playing as a defensive midfielder in previous games. If you haven't heard of him, look out for him. It's not likely we're going to hold on for him for very long and uh, he's always tips the future England international. Uh, Joel Beltman, a Netherlands international, came in for dunk against West Brom and did well. We signed him from Ajax for relative peanuts in the summer. Um, I actually think he played against you in that Champions League semi-final. If White does move back, it could be that Dan Byrne drops out. So I'm going to go with Matt Ryan in goal, ever dependable and a really decent keeper. Uh, ben White, Joel Beltman and Adam Webster who was uh, picked as captain in the absence of Lewis Dunk as the three centre-backs. Tariq Lamptey has been outstanding and he'll be the right-back or right-wing-back, depending on the system. Super fast. 
Uh, he maybe needs to work on some of his crossing. Uh, with Solly March perhaps moving back to the left wing back position. Uh, Stephen Alzate is really highly rated uh, too. He was uh, grew up in London, played for Lake Norian in his younger days, um, in his very youth days, but a Colombian international. He could play central midfield with the talented Ipa Suma. Then expect Adam Lalana to start on the right. He's brought some real class to the side, um, but isn't quite able to last the full 90 yet. Uh, Leandro Trossard will surely start. He's starting to really live up to his billing as Edin Hazard's light. Uh, the Belgian is a really exciting player. Um, he actually uh, scored a, a, a perfect hat-trick of uh, of hitting the woodwork in that United game. Left post, right post and, and the crossbar. Uh, and then Neil Mope up front. He's passed up a good number of chances so far and should probably have close to 10 goals already. Welbeck's breathing down his neck, of course. Um, but he probably starts from the bench. And there's Aaron Connolly too, the young Irish striker. Um, quite raw, very hungry. Works really hard. Um, good finisher. Obviously, he scored a couple of goals against Spurs um, last season at the Amex. Um, he hasn't scored many since then, um, but he is definitely a talent. So basically, Albion need to start taking their chances. It's becoming an all too familiar theme that we can come away from games with with positives and no points uh, because the finishing hasn't really been good enough last season. It was the fact we weren't creating enough chances. This season, it seems to be more that we're not taking them. Um, and with Spurs in the form they're in, especially uh, Son and uh, and Harry Kane, I think you guys will win. Uh, clearly, we've proved before that we can beat you, but not while Mourinho's been in charge. We gave you a good run for your money on Boxing Day at your place. And I expect the same again, probably the same result too. My heart says a 2 all draw. My head says you'll win 2-1. So it's Tottenham Hotspur away next for Brighton and Hove Albion. And as a Brighton fan, well, we come into this on the back of two very frustrating one-all draws. The first of which being against our rivals Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace had one shot in the whole game. It was their goal and it was a penalty. It's the first time ever since Optus started recording stats in 2003 that a team has had only one shot in the game and that be a penalty. Of course they scored that because we're Brighton and that's kind of the things that happened to us. We had 20 shots in that game. We weren't accurate enough, only had three on target, and one of those was a deflected effort from Alexis McAllister, the other two being very tame efforts from Neil Mope. The deflected effort from McAllister was his first Premier League goal and we got a point away at Palace, but we should have taken a lot more from that. Another frustrating draw came against West Brom on Monday, just a few days ago now. We we should have won that game again, though based off our second half performance, you'd probably argue otherwise. West Brom, the visitors looked much better in the second half. A proper game of two halves that in the first half we looked we looked ambitious on the ball, creating a lot of chances, and we got our goals for half time, but then our performance levels just weren't good enough. And if we want to get anything away at Spurs, we must improve. We must be more consistent and show more desire. The kind of desire we showed against Newcastle away early in the season and although we lost to Manchester United that famous 3-2 defeat in which they scored a penalty after the final whistle was blown it was given by VAR we played well in that and we should have got a point out of that if we can reach the levels of that kind of performance then maybe we can challenge Tottenham but looking into a potential starting lineup for the weekend and well I don't see many changes despite the fact we've had three very frustrating results those two one-alls I mentioned and a 4-2 away defeat to Everton 
I don't think I don't think many things will will change. It's frustrating, obviously, that we haven't got Lewis Dunk our captain. This is his second of his three match suspension. He, he two footed Gary Cahill against Crystal Palace, and, and that means he's out for this game away at Spurs. He's definitely going to be a miss. We definitely missed him against West Brom. He's a very key figure in our side. Offers that leadership. He's fantastic at passing out from the back and. There's reasons why teams like Liverpool are potentially willing to spend £40 million for him, or Chelsea as well in the summer were looking at him. Leicester the season prior. Lewis Dunk will be a massive miss, but in goal this weekend, obviously Matty Ryan is, is an ever-present player in that side. We'll probably play a back three again. We seem to be playing a back three with wing-backs, a couple of central midfielders, a couple of attacking midfielders ahead of those who kind of roam around the front three area, and then our striker. In goal, obviously Matt Ryan. The back three... I can see Ben White. He's been in defensive midfield the last couple of games, but he's not played fantastically there. I see him dropping back into the defence. Dan Burnham probably drops to the bench. Adam Webster and Joel Veltman will probably join White in defence. Not a great balance, I must say. None of them are very quick, but they're all very good at passing out from the back. And I think if we want anything against Spurs, we need to be able to pass it out from the back well. We don't want to be giving the ball away too easily because the likes of Hume Min Son we've seen what he can do to sides four goals away at Southampton getting in behind so easily we need to make sure we sit fairly deep and pass the ball out from the back effectively otherwise it could be dangerous so I think that back three would probably be best for us against Tottenham in the wing back positions you've got Tarek Lamptey who's been a fantastic player for us so far this season he's been playing for the England under 21s there's been rumours that Bayern Munich want to sign him he has been a revelation he'll be offering a lot down that right hand side and I think think it'll be a very interesting kind of fight down outside the pitch if Regulon starts for Spurs or even Ben Davies Ben Davies still a fantastic player they are very attacking wing backs so I think it'll be a great battle on the other side Solly March he's been ever present this season I wouldn't be surprised though if Dan Byrne did slot in there to give us a bit more security against the likes of Hume Minson and Harry Kane but you know I think we need that pace from Solly March to, to deal with that as well in the middle of the park well, Ben White's been playing there of late, but I think I'd rather see Stephen Alzate, his energy, alongside Eve Basuma. Scored a fantastic goal away at Everton, albeit a consolation, a great goal away at Burnley as well at the tail end of last season. The energy of those two in the midfield should be enough to potentially counteract the energetic midfield of Spurs. The likes of Lo Celso and Dombele, hopefully... Although they don't have the same kind of quality as the likes of Spurs, hopefully Alzace and Basuma can counteract that as well as possible. In the attacking midfield then, and well, Leandro Trossard and Adam Alana, you can't really look past them. The experience of Lallana could be key in a game like this. He would have played against Spurs countless times, so I think he could be indispensable. He was also our best player in our one-all draw against West Brom a few days ago. Trossard, he's been dangerous consistently so far this season scored a couple of goals he's been frustrated by hitting the post so much but I think he will offer a threat on a counter-attack and then Neil Mope in attack although he hasn't been very clinical in recent games I think it could be key for him to maybe get back on his goal scoring form he's our penalty taker he always seems to kind of be in the right positions if he can find his finishing touch again get his finishing boots on then he could offer a goal threat and we need to take everything we can against Spurs it's going to be a very tough game one of the most informed teams in the league if I'm not mistaken the team with the most goals so far this season so Brighton need to fight hard they need to get rid of the mistakes um, but unfortunately as a Brighton fan I just don't see us getting a result away at Spurs I think the form that Tottenham are in is just too good at the moment it'll be 3-1 to Spurs that's my prediction I think Son will end up getting in behind <laughs> although I've said 
I've been ambitious and optimistic about White, Webster and Veltman keeping the ball well at the back. I just see Son getting in behind. Someone like Undombele, he might get an effort from the edge of the area and score one of those. So they're my three scorers for Spurs. And then I think Trossard will, will potentially get on the score sheet. But yeah, definitely an exciting prospect. A good game away at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I wish I could go. It just happens to be either a boxing day or a game on Boxing Day that I can't go to, or the fact there's COVID in the world. But a very exciting clash indeed, and well, an entertaining one it should be. Hello and welcome back to the final part of the last one on Spurs. As again I say, thank you ever so much for downloading us. I hope this has provided some much-needed therapy on the back of that game against Antwerp. But Spurs don't have to wait too long to bounce back fairly quickly. We play Brighton on Sunday evening where we look to continue our good form in the Premier League against a side Brighton that are struggling for form in the Premier League. Now, coming around to you, Jay, to actually start this one, Spurs are unbeaten in their last five Premier League outings and will be confident of extending that record when Brighton come to town. Mm. They've won once all season against Newcastle United and the early signs suggest that they could be involved in a relegation battle. Please don't say Dr Tottenham. I still think um, with our strongest eleven, we've still got more than enough quality. I think tonight you've got to also put it down to the fact that there was a lot of changes. So hopefully a more settled side will be better. Um, I think we'll have more chances of kind of trying to break them down than we did against Burnley. Of course, Burnley played a very low block, but I think the Brighton are a team. As uh, I think as Lee, you mentioned on the WhatsApp, they like to play more football. So I think we'll have more opportunities um, to kind of uh, get in behind them. Um, hopefully we won't be so static this time. I think that's something that has really disappointed me. We have looked so static in attack and that's something that hopefully we can change. Um, but I'm still very confident for this one. As you said, they're, they're, they're really struggling at the moment. So um, this has definitely got to be a three points for Spurs. Interesting. We're going to come around and get your prediction in a second, Jay. Lee, coming around to you, Jose Mourinho and Graham Potter, they go about things very differently, but there is plenty to admire about both of them. Mourinho, we want to believe, is turning Spurs into a ruthless, solid winning machine in the Premier League. Hummin Son, Harry Kane on fire up top. But to be fair to Brighton, they themselves, they actually played some really nice stuff under Potter, but they aren't really being rewarded with the points. And that will be a concern for the Seagulls. How do you see this game playing out, Lee? Yeah, I, I, again, I agree with that. I agree with James. We did talk in the week, didn't we, about, you know, Brighton do like to get the football down. They like to play football. Uh, my sister's a season ticket holder at Brighton, so it'd be nice to, to get one up on uh, on my older sibling uh, with, with three points. Um, I do think that, uh, I do think we we are suited. I can't remember the, um, the listener uh, that put the question in about how do we break teams down that sit in. Um, and with um, with Brighton, they're not going to sit in. They're, they're a good side. The thing that's worrying me a little bit, it goes back down to the, if, if anybody's watched um, uh, the documentary on Jose Mourinho on, on Netflix that uh, we, we tweeted about uh, a couple yep. of weeks ago, the playbook, he, he gets in the mindset of the Porto players that we want Man United, we want Man United, we want Man United. And then when Man United comes out of the pot, it was a genius because they was all fired up to go and beat them. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because when before we went to Burnley, he was coming out saying, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. And then he's done the same thing. Oh, Antwerp, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're tough to beat, they're tough to beat. And then after today's game, he's gone, Brighton are going to be five times harder to beat than Antwerp. And I'm just wondering whether or not, you know, I know why he's trying to do it, but I'm just wondering whether or not that's actually having a reverse effect. And, and, and because they're so tough to beat, tough to beat, are we going to sit back a little bit and let them carry the ball? Because I think that would be the wrong way to um, to, to to go about the game. 
I think also, stupidly, and they're, they're totting up these stupid things that I say. A, a stupid thing that I said is I think we go unbeaten at home all season. And we lost our first game. That was fantastic, uh, by the way. So clearly, uh, what do I know? But that's also going to be playing on, on the team's minds is that, you know, we've dropped two points against West Ham at home. We dropped two points against Newcastle at home. And we lost to Everton at home. In other words, drop three points. So, so the point being is that you know two of them, two of the, the latter two of them games, we were in uh, very much winning positions, and we end up dropping the points. So I think that's going to be on on the team's mind. I think it's going to be on the team's mind. Oh, we can't drop any more points at home. We've got Brighton coming that go. Oh, you know they're tougher than Antwerp, and you know all of a sudden I hope that just doesn't bring that fear into the team. Like what we just talked about with Delhi and Winks in and all that sort of stuff. So. I think we've got to start far. I always say this. I say this every week. Like like Chris says every week, trophies are coming. I say this every week, that we have to start fast. Like a train. Like a train. Like the crazy train. We have to start fast and get in there. And, not and like a party never, bus. Not like a party bus yet. It's no party bus yet. Um, but, you know, we do have to start fast and get, you know, get in, in amongst them and make sure that they know that we are there in the first kind of three, four minutes of the game. And I think if we can start in that way, then then it um, then it should be it, it should be a good result for us because Brighton will come out and play football against us, and we can get in the pockets of space in behind and and, and put some uh, nice kind of through balls through from Ndombele. It's a fascinating point you make there, Lee, in terms of the mentality and how Mourinho is going into these kind of games, like the Burnleys, like the Brightons. You know, dare I say those smaller teams where they are providing a low block. How we go and battle these teams. And again, I just wonder, is that playing on some of these players' minds? I don't know going into that one. It's a very interesting point you make there. Chris, Spurs, at the moment, as we understand, have no new injury concerns. We know that Tsungyeon Dombele was left at home for this game, so we're hoping he'll be absolutely fine. Eric Dyer, on the other hand, again, there's a slight niggle there, so we may get an update on Jose Mourinho's pre-match press conference ahead of this game. It'll be interesting to see if Gareth Bale does make his first start for the club in the Premier League since his return. Brighton may have Davy Proper back fit, while they may also have Jahan Bakesh also at the moment in a position where he could potentially feature, although reports indicate at the moment he isn't fully fit to return. But it'd be interesting to see, Chris, team-wise, what happens here. What are you predicting, Chris, ahead of this game? What are we going to see? Uh, I wouldn't expect Gareth Bale to play, to be honest, after... Um... You know his fitness problems at the moment. Um, I would I would fully expect Undombele and Dyer to come in um, because of you know both of them didn't travel uh, to tonight's game. Um, but Tottenham do need to win at home. You know we've struggled at home so far this season, although we've done very 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 well away from home. Two out of, of course, possible Everton. nine, isn't it, Chris? Two out of a possible nine points at home. Two so points out of a possible nine, exactly. And if you're mm-hmm. challenging for a top four place, and I know a lot of people have been saying that we could challenge for the Premier League this year. If we're going to be challenging even for a top four place, you need to be winning at home. And, you know, no disrespect to Brighton. These are the games where you need to be picking up the three points, 100 percent. You know, 1-1 draw against Newcastle, 3-3 against West Ham. Overall, this month, though, when you look back at the games, Manchester United, you know, beating them 6-1 away from home. Spurs were on fire. The West Ham game, 3-3. You know, we were on fire in the first 15 minutes. It's a shame that they came back. Um, and then, of course, grinding that result out on Monday night against Burnley was absolutely huge. You know, all of us were, were on a high, you know, grinding results out, you know, difficult places to go like that. You know, so now it's all about a reaction from this evening and getting the three points on Sunday. But, you know, any team that Jose Mourinho is putting out right now, and I know, 
you know, it's easy to say after, um, you know, we're losing, you know, tonight. But any team that Jose Mourinho is putting out, you know, we should be winning. We've got more than enough quality in this squad. It is a super exciting squad. And uh, I'm hoping that Hunmin Son and Harry Kane are on fire again, you know, because what a fantastic partnership that they've had so far this season. And uh, I'm hoping and going to predict a 2-0 Tottenham win. A 2-0 Tottenham win. A clean sheet as well there. Like I say, Chris, hoping we get back to winning ways. Right, let's get some more predictions. I'm going to go for 3-1 Tottenham. I think we will finally get that elusive home win, our first of the Premier League season. Jamie Brown. Jamie Brown. Jay, what are we going for on this one? Um, I'm, I'm just going for 3-1 as well. I do think we'll win okay. uh, fairly comfortably as well. Um, but yeah, obviously our home form has been very frustrating. I think it was another thing he, he mentioned on the playbook about making your home a fortress and that's something fortress. we haven't done yet. Um, obviously totally. last season we looked as though we might be starting to do that but it's been very, very disappointed at home this year. So uh, really fingers crossed that we can kind of uh, kickstart our home campaign really um, on the weekend. Fantastic. I know we're pushed against time before I go to Lee. Jamie, I just want to say a massive thank you on behalf of all the last word on Spurs. I was very, very proud on TalkSport earlier Brilliant. today. Brilliant today, bud. You know, if Jason was listening, which I'm sure he wasn't, it was an hour on Delhi Alley, which must have gone down very, very well for him. He can catch that on the TalkSport app. Is that right, Jay? If he wants to catch that up, is that right? You can listen yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. If Jason wants to hear some more about Delhi Alley, because we all know he's uh, very keen to get the latest on Delhi Alley, you can uh, go and check me out on TalkSport too. So, yeah, no, it was uh, really good fun and. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. So, very good. Amazing debut from Jamie there. Absolutely proud for us. I'd say you have him on there. Lee, come around to you to close the show. This crazy train. My God, where's it going? Listen, we hope it's going to end in a party bus, as Chris predicts, at the end of the season with those trophies. But at the moment, long way to go. It is crazy. We want to start like a train. What's the result going to be for you, Lee? Brighton. I think, I think yeah, I think it's going to be tight. I've got to be honest with you. I think we'll win the game. I think it'll be... I'm, I'm toying between a 3-2 and a 2-1. So I think I'll go 2-1. Uh, and, and one of the reasons for that is I think that Jose will shut up shop a little bit. I think when, when we get that, when we go in front, uh, you know, to, it might go two goals to nil or two goals to one. I think you're going to see him shut up shop a little bit, uh, which will be a shame. Um, but I think that's what you're going to see and we, we, we get the result in the end. And I just want to echo saying, just close and show out what, what Chris said right at the beginning tonight is that we was on a 10-game unbeaten run. We were unbeaten for 10 games. Tonight, we lost. If there was one game that you would choose to lose out of that 10-game unbeaten run, it would be tonight. Spot so on. don't go to bed. Don't go to bed. Don't wake up in the morning thinking it's all doom and gloom and the trophies ain't coming and the crazy train stopped, stopped at the station because it ain't. It's still rolling. Trophies are still coming. And this was a blip. And if you was to say to me, in the next 40 games, every 10, we're going to lose one, we'd have a bloody good season so come on Tottenham fans don't don't like cry in your porridge in the morning um, you know it's, it's all good still on the hood and we're going to bounce back with three points I love it listen what a way to close the show keeping the positivity like I say a blip in the road but long way to go let me thank my wonderful panel Jamie Brown Daily Hotspur last one on Spurs Jay thank you ever so much as always my pleasure um, yeah unfortunately it was a very dif difficult result to talk about difficult performance but um, I'm looking forward to seeing us bounce back on the weekend agree Chris Cowling, who we're all hoping, Chris, it ends in a party bus. For the moment, it remains a crazy train. Chris, thank you ever so much as always. Thank you very much. And let's hope that we are all on that, that party bus at the end of the season. <laughs> and for the moment, Lee, it remains to be a crazy train. My God, it's been heroically crazy so far. Lots more turns and twists to come, Lee. Twists and turns, of, of course. Six out of tens, crazy trains and the trophies are still coming.
There you go. What a way to close the show. Every cliche you can imagine thrown in there for your delight. Listen, guys, keep safe, keep well, enjoy the show. We'll be back with you very, very soon. And as always, come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network.